listening to the Mixer podcast and this is episode one of our mental health mini-series releasing today on Mental Health Day, so I hope everyone's keeping well. You can catch our normal episodes every second Thursday where the lads will talk about the LSL, the AUL, the UCFL, the football, your football, whatever you want to talk about. You can catch us on Twitter at the Mixer podcast and on Instagram at Mixer podcast. So this is the first episode in our mental health series, a small series of putting together just to kind of bring what struggles there are in amateur football out into light and just to kind of get across the fact that it's okay not to be okay to talk about issues that like the general lads might not talk about. So just to kind of open them doors and discuss them, open to anyone to come on to have a chat with us at the moment we have the Cork Business League are going to come on and they're going to talk about the benefits football brings to the people in Cork the benefits their their league brings and they're also going to talk about the challenges of running the league and everything that goes behind so that's going to be very interesting to hear we have another couple of people lined up to talk about their struggles in football and also their personal struggles so it takes a lot of courage for people to come forward to come on the show and I really appreciate that. So the next couple of episodes are going to be very interesting to listen to and hopefully will bring a lot to a lot to the table and it'll help a lot of people. So this podcast is an interview I done with Sean Russell. Sean Russell played for Limerick and he had an injury and it turned out that whatever contract he was on he wasn't covered. Now Limerick were a League of Ireland standard team at the time and it's just baffling to see that he wasn't covered under the insurance when you'd have a lot of amateur clubs at like very low level that would have you covered. So it's just, it's a very strange story that you wouldn't expect to hear but Sean's telling it from his point of view, he's lived it, he's experienced it. So this is this is Sean's story straight from how it was and just how he dealt with it. So I'm going to pass it over to the interview now and I hope you enjoy it. Give us your feedback on Twitter at Mixer Podcast and on Instagram at Mixer Podcast. And if you feel like coming on to the show any week, either just talk about your own football, the normal show we have or coming on to the Mental Health Podcast, just send us a mail on Twitter and we'll get back to you. Might take a while, but we will definitely get back to you and we'd love to have you on. So I hope you enjoy this interview and this is over to Sean. Okay, so you moved down for to play for Limerick from Dublin, and then, so when you moved down, was it for 
was it for like the, did you think it was like a professional contract or what did you kind of think about at that yeah. time when you were moving yeah so we, so when I moved down I would have been on a professional contract originally um, so my first contract in 2015 was professional so um, it was a full time setup. and um, we would do double sessions um, we have a day off, a Wednesday off during the week but other than that then you were in more or less every day and it was it was completely full time football um, so it was brilliant you know it was great um, training every day in the gym, strength conditioning coaches. The setup, the setup was really good when I first went down there. Uh, I was, re- I was really impressed and um, re- loved it. You know, really loved it. And at the time, then, did you, if you would have been injured back then, would you have been covered? Yeah. So, um, yes, you would have been. I would have been. I would have been on a professional contract. And if there was any issues, I would have also had the PFA. Um, PFAI to back me up as well, you know, because I would have been a professional player. So, um, had I been in the situation that I was this year, uh, probably would have been a lot different for me, you know. So, what what happened to make the change from the professional down to the amateur contract before the injury? So, um, for me um, personally, what it was was I went to America and um, I was playing semi professional there, and I went there to kind of explore some coaching options as well. well still playing at a decent level and um, when I came back from there um, I had spoke with Alan Murphy manager at Galway and um, the option to sign there he, he, he had offered me to sign there but the only option I really had at the time was an amateur contract and um, I was more than happy to do that I was impressed with the club um, very professional setup down there and uh, I went ahead signed the amateur form purely for game time and to get back involved in the league and uh, I'd finished the season with Galway and um, I'd been living in Limerick the whole time. I'd obviously uh, thought Limerick was an option and Tommy Barrett, the manager, reached out to me and w- wanted me in. And um, when I was signing there, I was, I was signing on an amateur contract uh, like the rest of the squad um, because I was going to be working full time. And uh, we'd also, we, I knew that um, the only professionals at the club were people who were on contracts two years and stuff like that from the previous year they weren't offering professional contracts to anyone um, signing that year you know so there wasn't the option of the professional it was more just so signing the amateur like the rest of the players that had signed and did they explain to you at the time what the kind of insurance implications were or do you just assume it was the same as it was yeah. previously I had assumed um, I had assumed having been at the club um, I think it was my fourth season this year, um, that uh, whether it was amateur or pro, that there would be insurance there. And it wasn't explained um, to us, and uh, it was my understanding that I do think there was insurance in place, whether it only covered pros or whether it did, whether it covered pros didn't cook for amateurs, I'm not sure. Uh, it's something that I've looked for answers on, and I, can't, I haven't got an answer on it back, but... Um, we weren't told um, that there wasn't insurance, and um, for me, whether there is or there isn't, you should be still at least notified. If it isn't there, to take out your own, but that wasn't the case either. So, having, having not been told to take out our own insurance, we, uh, me and, and the rest of the players, would have assumed there was insurance in place. You know? Yeah, well, that's completely understandable. I mean, even probably playing at glass, grassroots level, you'd have some sort of insurance there you'd expect that if something was to happen I'd understand that like the club would look after you if, or they'd have insurance in place that would cover you that they have that like the precautions in place should something like that happen so yeah I think it's more than reasonable to assume that you would have had some sort of cover 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like um, again, it wasn't it wasn't as if I was like forced to uh, had injuries at the club before and been treated um, in the past in the first season stuff there. And likewise, I know players that have gone through injuries and been treated. So it was something that I assumed was a uh, policy, and uh, that it was um, clubs clubs were were to have insurance, you know. So yeah, no, it was it was um, it was a surprise to me when I found out that wasn't the case. Yeah, so even at grassroots level, had you had an injury like this before, or have you ever had to go through insurance with any other club? Uh, no, I was fortunate enough that I never, um, I never kind of suffered an injury like that um, at, at grassroots, at grassroots level um, or an amateur level. I've always been quite okay. I've had some injuries, but um, I've been looked after at previous clubs and stuff. But um, like I do, I, I do know, like from having worked with uh, physiotherapy. Um, Physiotherapy since I've uh, since I've had the injury now since I'm back in Dublin I've I've met players who are playing Manchester Senior League, um, eight or nine leagues below me that are um, fully looked after. They're in getting the rehab, getting the best of care, and it's great to see you know um, similar injuries. But again, like it's it's just uh, for, to me it's 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 crazy how 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 they can um, have stuff in order and uh, the top level in the the country can't you know. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely strange. So, two weeks into the season then, you had your injury playing against Athlone. Yes, it could have been a few more than two weeks. I'd say it was probably around, I think it could have been around the seventh, sixth or seventh game for me. Um, Yeah, I had my injury against Athlone uh, on a Friday night. Um, It was a home game. Okay, so how, what happens on the pitch? What kind of injury was it? Was it go through... The whole lot. Yeah, so um, I uh, I kind of um, tried to hit a hit the ball on the volley. Um, it was over my blind side, so it was turning, and uh, I didn't see uh, defender coming. He, he come in, he's won the ball, and uh, I've just followed through as if I was kicking the ball, and I've kicked him, and um, I've done my LCL, um, my lateral ligament, and my ACL, which is a crucial ligament that everyone would would be familiar with, and I also done some hamstring damage as well. So. It was a, uh, it was a quite painful one, but like emotionally as well. Like when you have one of those injuries, you know straight away. And although the adrenaline's gone and the shock is there with with the pain and stuff, it's more, you know, all you can think of is the season ending. You know, so uh, I do remember the, the night quite well and um, uh, quite clear. But uh, yeah, no, that was probably the main thing for me. I think back, it's. The first feeling of, you know, it's not so much the physical pain you're in; it's just the uh, the horrible feeling of knowing that this this is bad. You know, this could potentially end your career or definitely at least end the season for you. You know. So, obviously, that was a tough day. Did you go straight to kind of hospital that day, or where did you go from then? Um. Yeah. So I didn't go straight to the hospital. No. Um. I uh, I suffered the injury and I wasn't really too comfortable with uh, leaving the pitch without a stretcher, you know, because um, didn't know what state the leg was in. All I knew it was bad. It was sore. It was in a lot of pain. Um, I felt sick with the pain at one stage, and uh, the physio told me that it wasn't possible to get the stretcher on for whatever reason. I don't know, but uh, I had requested it and he carried me off to the sideline, and I spent the last fifteen minutes of the game on the bench and. You know, it was just uh, in, ag- in agony with the pain, really, and just 
I wanted to be seen by a doctor or I wanted to be in hands and you know I kind of had to sit on the ground at the bench on the ground beside the bench for 15 minutes until the game was over to be carried across the pitch by two members of staff and uh, now to be fair to the physio Barry Heffernan he's, he's been down at the club for a few years and was excellent to me over that period you know he was really really good and um, he he uh, we had no there was no crutches at the ground as well I believe so um, fortunately a member of the team's parents had dropped crutches to the physio and he, he had dropped them off to my house in Limerick but um, at the time, I was just distraught um, with my girlfriend there um, who picked me up and put me in the car and uh, I couldn't get up the stairs in the house. Um, wasn't mobile at all. And uh, the best option was to get home to Dublin and thankfully, you know, she we jumped in the car about 11 o'clock at night and she drove me back to my family in Dublin because I just supported my brothers and stuff that could were able to kind of lift me up the stairs and kind of helped me move about, you know, because again I couldn't uh, couldn't do much down there. So yeah, no that that was that was the night for me. It was uh, it was a hectic enough night, you know, but fortunately uh, my girlfriend was there to kinda of look after me and so was Barry as well was was very good with uh helping me out getting the crutches, dropping them off and uh he then went and tried to book the appointments then himself for as soon as possible. So that was the Tuesday then. I um, injury happened on the Friday and I got into a doctor's then in Dublin on the Tuesday. There was definitely a couple of days then between all the all the injury and actually getting to a hospital as well. Had the club been in touch about it or how did they respond to the situation? Yeah, no, the club weren't in touch. Um, Barry Heffern and the, the physio had been. Um, he kind of knew, um, and I knew he knew it was bad. Uh, I'd know Barry um, over the years and he's a nice man and I knew as he was explaining to me he didn't want to panic me but... Um, I knew it was bad and I knew he thought it was bad and uh, he had suggested that he was going to get in touch with Santry Clinic himself because the nature of the injury was um, it needed to be operated on ASAP but it also needed to be operated on by, by the best possible and he had said that um, Ray Moran out in Santry was, was the man to do it and thankfully Ray um, done us the favour and, and that he'd that he'd see us um, straight away. So, um, other than that, the club itself um, they they didn't really contact me. No, um, I went in on the Tuesday morning for my appointment uh, for my um, MRI and my consultation with the surgeon. And uh, there was issues there. They didn't make any payments the night before. I had rang the club, sent the messages asking about how the payments would go ahead, what I need to do myself, what the club needs to do, and they just told me not to worry. That it'd be looked after. I went in the next morning then, you know, they said they had no contact from the club and that unless I paid in the next 10 minutes, I was going to lose my slot, you know, because there was other people waiting and uh, fortunately enough, my father was with me. He was able to pay the fee because I didn't have it. It was, it was quite a big fee to get the scan and the consultation done. So um, that was the start. Now, I do understand they got that back from the club after ringing them numerous times, but Again, if I didn't have my father there, I would have never been in the door in the first place. They managed to get it back later on in the day, but I would have lost my appointment. So that's when the problem started for me, you know. So was that was it a miscommunication between the club and the the hospital, or was it a case that you think the club just weren't bothered getting in touch? Um, I don't think it was miscommunication purely because um, I had texts from that night. Um, I had spoke to. My manager on the phone 
I couldn't get a hold of the chairman myself, so I spoke to the manager, um, and uh, he said he he was going to speak to him later on. I'd also sent text messages to the to the um, chairman of the exact time of the appointments and um, who to call, uh, etc. So like it was. It was it was it was there. The information was there. Now why they why they didn't organise anything, I'm not I'm not sure. But um, I made sure that the information was there. So um, I don't think it was miscommunication. I just think that they were probably aware there was an issue there. And um, again, I still don't know to this day what the what the issue was with the insurance because I couldn't get any answers. But um, because of what had what went on to happen, I would assume that there was some sort of issue there, and that's why they didn't make contact. Okay, so it's Tuesday. Or, what, what? Sorry, what day was the the game so again? We're at, was... uh, Tuesday morning. So the injury would happen Friday night, and on Tuesday morning then uh, so was when I went in for my consultation. So you'd Friday night at the game, back in the car, eleven o'clock, back to Dublin. Then all weekend in agony. Tuesday morning into the into the clinic to find out that you're, you have to try and pay for it now as well. So that's just adding to the plate of the stuff you had to deal yeah. with with the injury. And again, you know, as I said, if I had gone in there on my own, I probably wouldn't have got me consultation and me scanned the money from my father was with me, so I didn't have the finances to pay for it. Um, as I said, the, the club did pay for it in the end, but if it hadn't been paid for, I would have lost my slot. But um, when I sat down with the the surgeon when he's reading out the results to you, you know, it's it's one of the toughest moments that I remember in my, in my life today. Anyway, when he's telling you about. Um, to kind of forget about football for now and it's more my livelihood that he's worried about um, and how important it is to get the surgery done ASAP because um, the risks of that health wise with blood clotting and stuff like this and you kind of your your minds and minds elsewhere you know I wasn't really worried about that other stuff and um, when I left there that day uh, and I, I spoke with the physio um, he told me that he would do his best to make sure it's more organised the next time. Spoke with the club and they said uh, that it would be okay. So the surgery was going to be a week from that day, so that was the following Tuesday. And again, um, it wasn't straightforward. You know, I just looked for reassurance from them that it wasn't going to be the same situation again when I walked in the following week. That something would would uh, would um, contact the clinic and uh, they told me it would. They would and. Again, I, um, the following the following week on my way into the surgery, I got a text message from the chairman saying, "Sorry, Sean, we won't um, have the funds to pay for your surgery, so I won't be going ahead." You know, which was obviously disappoint. This is disappointing, at least. And he takes you that on the day of the surgery. Yeah. So um, the night before, um, you know, I kind of just said, "Look, um, I kind of stressed to the manager, like, you know, how upset I was over the situation with my knee." Haven't been out for the season. He was supportive. He said, "Look, he kind of said, look, Sean, don't worry. You know, I'll have you back here next year if I'm here, and um, you, you'll be back for pre-season. You have enough time to get back for pre-season and try to help me um, focus that way." Um, which again, I appreciate it. But um, he said he'd try, he'd try, um, try to organise it better the next time. Um, but yeah, now uh, I, I spoke to him over the weekend. Said the club hadn't contacted me. Um, it would just make me feel more at ease if they could contact me with some information regarding the insurance and stuff and the payments and uh, he'd done his best to get them to do that but they, again they didn't so the night before um, I made some phone calls 
um, that rang out, didn't get any returned, and it was only when I was on the car into the clinic hoping for the best that I got a text message from the club chairman um, saying that they didn't have the funds and that um, it wasn't going to go ahead, you know. So that must have been pretty disappointing at the time, and that was so that was after the initial injury, after the initial surgery. Sorry. No, this was this was just this, this was the this was the uh, first surgery. So on my way into the first surgery, I did end up getting the surgery done that day in the end. Um, but um, I was on my way in the car to the clinic, and you know I'd be lying if I said I wasn't terrified. You know, um, never had surgery before, um, wasn't sure how it was going to go. Um, it was quite, it was it was a new experience for me and. Um, just to get that message on top of it, you're kind of you're trying to mentally prepare yourself for the surgery itself, and then to get told that it's not going to happen on the way there, you're kind of you don't you don't you, you, your head's all over the place really. And um, I went into the clinic, I explained the situation to them, and they were amazing. Um, they tried their best to contact the club. They kept on ringing um, until they got an, an answer. They told the, the club chairman the importance of this surgery. It wasn't just for my career, that was my well-being, that was at risk. And um, they had asked, the, they had said to the club that, listen, we, we, we will see, Sean, if you can send us down two checks today while he's in being operated. And they did send down two checks, but again, those checks bounced. Um, so I did end up getting my um, operation done, but um, because those checks came down and they were paid, but a personal check, that's how it ended up getting billed to me then. So they sent down two checks, which subsequently bounced and then left you with the bill, basically? Yeah, because um, yeah, because uh, the checks were paid, um, they were personal checks um, from the club chairman, so they weren't paid through insurance, so there was my understanding that there was no insurance in place, or the insurance wasn't paid, or whatever the reason, it wasn't paid through insurance, it was paid with personal checks, so it was my name that was on the bill, because I was operating on, um, so I ended up then getting the bill for the surgery. And that's that's just a really strange move from the club. I don't know why they'd send down two checks knowing they'd bounce. Because surely they knew they were going to bounce if they knew they didn't have the funds. Yeah, um, I would think so. Um, I, I would think I would think so. But again, um, the funds. Uh, if the phones weren't there, I'd say they probably weren't there a few days before either when they had been telling me that everything was going to be looked after as well, you know. So um, why leave it until the morning of the surgery to tell me? I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was a substantial amount for me to be billed anyway. But um, yeah, like as you said, um, if they knew the funds weren't there, you know, when I, the week the week building up when I'm asking them for assurance, like, you would think that they would know then as well. And, they could probably tell you, look, we're doing our best to get it together or whatever, but I was obviously told it was there, and then obviously it wasn't when the checks were bounced. Yeah, at least, I mean, if they had told you on the day, look, the funds aren't going to be there, you could make a decision to put it off and try to get the funds yourself, as opposed to doing it and then leaving yourself that much yeah. down. At least you would have had the choice yourself. You went in thinking it would be okay, and then to come out with... Obviously, you would have to do your your rehab afterwards. Now you've got a bill on your head as well while you're trying to do that. Yeah, so you um, can't take your yeah, time and go back to was, work. Uh, you're in a hurry. Yeah, no, it was um, it was it was a, it was a it was a mad situation to be honest, and it should have never been the case anyway. 
Um, I just didn't feel like the club were honest with me from the start with it, and um, didn't didn't seem to care a whole lot, which is which is disappointing when you're a player and you know um, League of Ireland players especially. Like I've got um, massive respect for anyone who plays in the league and dedicates their time because it does take a lot of commitment and it does take a lot of sacrifices and um, nobody's on uh, amazing wages um, like in England or in Europe and you know to be let down by a club um, like that as if uh, to show such lack of care is, is is disappointing like you know yeah well, it definitely is so you went ahead and you got that that surgery happened anyway and then you were left with the bill and then she obviously had to chip away at that and try to pay that one off yeah so um, I, I'd also been out of work for two months um, once I got the surgery because I wasn't fit to work again for um it was about seven weeks so um, financially that took a hit as well because I had started a new job so I hadn't been paid for those seven weeks either so um, I wasn't in the position to pay the bill like, I was also paying rent living with my girlfriend um, I had bills and stuff to pay as well so I wasn't in a position to pay the fee of um, it was close to um, close to six and a half seven thousand in total um, and uh, I tried tried to uh, sort it out with the club. I wasn't getting any help there, so um, I wasn't in a position to pay the pay the fee. I spoke to the clinic, and they had been very understanding with me, you know. But at the end of the day, it was my name that was on the bill, and that you had to pay, that you had to pay it. So um, I was fortunate enough that the Limerick um, Independent Sporters Trust uh, lift lift came on board, and. Um, they contacted me quite early on and they checked in with me to see how it was when they heard the news of what had happened with the club and they ended up then um, paying that first bill for me um, through their through their funds that they've raised over the years which was an amazing gesture um, and uh, I am very grateful for them because they took that weight off my back at a time when I needed it, you know, when I was mentally quite low. So uh, that, that was an amazing gesture to get that call and for them to tell me that they were going to pay that bill so that's how I ended up getting the fourth bill paid. Um, so now um, I'm just uh, I'm in a place where now it's just raising the funds uh, for the next surgery going forward. So since that surgery, the club haven't turned around and said, "Oh, we got the insurance sorted." They just no, it's it's completely on you now to get this next surgery paid for and done. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, no, it's, it's completely um, it's it's me on my own. Um, spoke to the FAI about and they told me it's between me and the club um, and uh, I told the FAI that the club had told me told me in front of a dressing room full of 20 odd players that they don't have to do anything for me and for that reason alone they won't do anything for me you know so um, that was the position I was in so you're kind of being told that by the club that they don't they don't have to help you so they won't and then you're you're asking the governing body to maybe try clean that up, and they're saying it's between you and the club. So it left me on my own, um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's up to me now to, to pay it myself. So the, the club um, may have got insurance in the meantime. I'm, I'm not sure, but I haven't had any contact from the club in the last four to five months. So uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know to be honest. It just seems strange that um, the FAI can't be held even remotely responsible for this. That they they should ensure clubs have adequate insurance to cover players. If them players are going to be playing in the league, they should be covered. It's like even at LSL level, they've got the cover to cover the players, and that goes right down to the bottom. Every player in that league is covered, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I know, that they brought that in a couple of years ago. So 
how was it not starting from the top? Yeah, yeah, you would think so, and it's and it's something. Um, I mean, you hear about all these plans for the league and um, changing structures and stuff like that. But I mean, if you can't get player welfare right to start with, you know, what chance do you have of organising um, these new leagues and these new ambitions? You know, um, as you said, like I've got friends who play Leinster Senior League, and um, the insurance kind of comes first. You know, you need not allowed to play until they get it done and you would think that it would be um part of the licensing system um with the with the clubs in the in the top level of the country, you know. Um whether they do have to have insurance or whether they don't again I'm still still unsure of. Um but there should be a duty of care there that if you don't have to have insurance, um make sure your players take out their own insurance before they do go and play. Or at least and, inform uh, that, them. That wasn't the case with me. Yeah, let even let them know that look, this is where you stand. It's in black and white there on a sheet. This is what you're covered for, and this is what you're not. Like at least the player then can go in and make an, make their own decision, not just play yeah. assuming they're covered. Because you would assume that if you had an injury like that, unless you're told otherwise, that a player like, that yourself or any other player at that level would be covered. I don't think that's yeah. an unreasonable thing to assume at all. I think it's at that level, like even like the likes of. Rovers and Bows would be on the telly. You'd assume them lads are going to be, they are going to be covered. What's to stop them bringing on some player on a, an amateur contract to, or in a training game even, and then he gets injured and he could be in the same position you are. Yeah, and um, it happens every year. You know, you've got players playing for clubs on trial, and in the summer period when there's friendlies and clubs are coming over, and like you would think that if you step out um, representing the team at, at that level, that you would have to be insured, but. Um, it doesn't seem to be the case, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think um, something going for, hopefully going forward for the league, it will be um, it will be part of the license system, and that it will be changing it because it's it's so important. And um, you know, I've been fortunate enough with the with the support I've received, but I've said it before, you know, someone else mightn't have been um, mightn't have been as lucky um, to receive the report I've received, and. Uh, it wouldn't be right, you know. I would, I would hate, I would really, I really hate to see anyone uh, be in my situation um, in the future. So I do hope that it does highlight it and um, it, it can, it can change it, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. So at the moment to cover the second surgery, um, there's been a, you had to go to crowdfunding to try and get this one up and running. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was, it was quite low at the time um, when I went public way, you know, I'd kind of lost all hope really. Um I was I was um I'm studying at the moment, uh, trying to kind of make a, a new career for myself as well outside of football and put my focus on something else, you know, which I think is important, learning some new skills and stuff and I'm also working part time so I was quite busy. Um I was finding it hard to fit in rehab um um for my knee and um I just thought, you know, um maybe if I Maybe if I do reach out publicly, um, I'll, I might get some help, you know, because it was, it was kind of my last hope, really, to be honest with you. I'd hoped that the FAIR club could come to some sort of uh, uh, conclusion and, and help me out, but it wasn't the case. So when I did reach out publicly, I got an amazing response. Um, I had people from all over the country um, reach out, and it was just, it was, 
it was so overwhelming, like, you know, with, like, players that I'd played with, players that I hadn't even played with, sending me text messages, offering me support, fans setting up GoFundMe pages, um, and um, I had Dave Moore and from the Lens Senior League uh, reach out to me and offer me amazing support over the last few days and weeks, and uh, he, he's been he's been a massive, massive help for me, along with um, my, my physio, Dave Clancy, as well, and so-called performance, so... People have like really helped me mentally alone um, to to get back on the horse and kind of you know motivate me to get back at it. But as I said, you know, um, I was fortunate that t- these people want to help. But you know, someone hopefully someone never finds himself in this situation again um, where where they need the help I've had. Hopefully, it can be cleared up. So it was more so even even the GoFundMe page. It wasn't just monetary. It was the lads like rallying behind you supporting you that yeah. helped as well like the money's one thing to help pay for the the injury but it definitely helped you out having the lads to back you up as well was it yeah 100% like um, mentally you know it's took its toll on me and it's been it's been extremely tough to deal with um, like when you suffer one of these injuries whether you're at a Premier League club or if you're playing at top level in the world like it's tough you know and mentally it's hard and if you ask anyone who's had like crucial ligament injury or a career threatening injury, they'll tell you how tough it is and mentally how hard it can be and it's a long, long road and then to have the obstacles that I've had thrown at me as well made it even tougher, you know, when when you need like it when you have an injury like that you need support and you need um your club to support you and you need to know um that um people are behind you but I just kinda of felt left on my own, you know. Um, or like the club tried to restrict my physio treatment and all when I was in Limerick and that was just demoralising in itself so then when you have a physio reach out to you and say he wants to help you it's it's, it's great feeling and then you have um, players all over the league offer you support and stuff and now that they're uh, they're willing to support you it's mentally it's just given me the boost you know to say um, to, to, to get back playing you know and just kind of giving me that extra little boost I needed like I mean Dundalk had an amazing gesture of uh, getting around, um, getting a collection together and donating towards the GoFundMe page the week they were playing Shamrock Rovers to win the league, you know. So that shows you the characters that you have in the league. Um, it's, it's a great league and there's some fantastic players and fantastic people in it. But um, it's just unfortunate that it had to come to that, you know, that, that um, the, the only kind of chance, the only fighting chance I have of getting back playing again is due to the support of... Um, teammates in the league and uh, fans across the league and also fans abroad at my old clubs so uh, it's amazing to receive that support but again it's unfortunate that it has to come to that you know to get me back yeah definitely something that never should have happened to begin with the um, the position you were in straight from the injury probably going from a Friday night playing a game of football probably had plans for the weekend to going back to Dublin and stuck in a surgery on Tuesday and then you are downhill from there in terms of recovery and issues with the club and just the overall situation. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It does, it does affect your life, you know. Like, I mean, everyone that's out there playing sports, um, they get an injury, like, you know, you miss work or whatever it is, um, you've got plans, something coming up. Um, it, it does, it does, it does really affect you, and it's just again, <clears throat> it's unfortunate that oh, you had so many obstacles over the few months that 
were probably unnecessary if the licensing was done right or the club was run right, you know. Um, and that, that's what's frustrating for me. And, you know, um, sometimes I do think maybe I could be five months into my rehab by now and I could be looking at coming back into a club at pre-season and um, hopefully getting a chance somewhere. But now I'm probably looking at the end of next season, you know. And it's unnecessary. And these things could be for prevented if there was a bit more structure and a bit more um, organisation in place and that, that does frustrate me from time to time that I've been set back um, when all I wanted to do was get surgery and do my rehab it's all I wanted from the start you know just just to have a chance but again I can't I can't do a lot until I get that surgery done so um, yeah frustrating and it does affect your life and um, I mean I'm probably going to miss another two months of work now after my next surgery when um I could have got it done probably just after my other one and um, I wouldn't have been able to work again. Um, but, uh, you know, so I've missed probably four months of work this year rather than just missing the two. So it, it has affected my life, but as I said before, so hopefully it is the last case of it for any player in the league. Yeah, I think definitely you going public with your story has really raised awareness to clubs and players and I didn't know anything about it really until recently on Twitter when it came out and there was a lot of people retweeting it a lot of people getting involved comments from the FAI comments from the LSL and that's kind of when I picked up on it but I hadn't known this was going on in the background and I just would have assumed as you did that players at that level would be covered so I think what you done in going public is if you you've definitely raised awareness and then even clubs who like at lower levels maybe not in the LSL that might be already covered maybe the AUL and UCFL in Dublin like teams that don't have a high level of cover will look into it will price it that if the league don't provide it that they get it themselves so that even if a player does get injured that they are covered even give the even spread the cost around to the players include it in your registration and let the players decide what level of cover they want at least they know when they go out and play football what they're covered for when they're covered and they know exactly if they get injured what they can do insurance wise yeah definitely yeah i think i think it's something that clubs should do from every level you know um, it's so important that it just it gets overlooked so much and i'm guilty of it myself before i play it just assuming you know, people just assume that these things are uh these things are in place and again everyone i've talked to um the first thing they say to me is surely Limerick have to have insurance you know that's the first thing everybody says to me and everyone assumes that's the case but it may not be the case you know they may not have to have insurance so no matter what club you're playing at if you're playing at in under 13s under 15s National League under 17s National League um, I would advise any parents of kids to get documents and just get proof of insurance and make sure that if they don't have it is there, a, is there something that they can take out themselves and it goes across every level because it does it does get overlooked in my opinion in in Ireland and uh, hopefully it wakes people up to the importance of it again and um, you know maybe I was fortunate enough that it was just my knee and it wasn't something even more serious again you know it, it could have been um, a clash of heads that could have caused more damage or or something you know and uh, yeah I do I do hope that maybe people might say now okay um, I need to. I need to get documents, I need to get proof of insurance, I need to make sure I'm covered here, you know, before I, before I play again or before I train again because you could easily find yourself in the position I'm in. Yeah, and it's even, 
it's very important at the amateur level as well because you have lads coming in there and you're not like you've no professional players in the team and if someone gets injured and they're out of work for three or four months you're in serious trouble like it's not like if you're no cover you're you're in an awful way because you'll have your surgery to deal with and then you're out of work and all you wanted to do was go out and play a game of football and that goes for every player in every league that players need to realise that they're going out on the pitch and they might not be covered so I definitely urge every player at every club to request insurance and request what they're covered for and demand it demand to be covered because you never know you go like it's not that even you're going in for a hard challenge like you you went to volley the ball and didn't realize the defender was behind you and ended up in this situation so it's not that it's not that you can avoid the insurance or avoid the avoid the injury by not going in on hard tackles they just happen so when they happen you need to make sure you're covered as you said, um, especially at amateur level, where you know you, you just you love playing football, you want to go on a Sunday and kick the ball around. But again, you know when you have responsibilities, if you've got a mortgage at home, you've got kids in school, and uh, you can't afford to miss work, you can't afford to um, because of a game of football, you know. So just make sure whatever it is that you have in place, you've got a complete understanding that when you go out on the pitch, you know what you're covered for, you know what. Um, um, what will happen if if you do pick up an injury, and uh, you don't find yourself in 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 trouble, you know? Which uh, and again, uh, even at even at electricity league level, I mean, amateur players playing the electricity league um, are all probably working full time jobs in the same position, you know? No one's on a wage there, maybe getting their expenses paid for, but uh, in the same position again, and um, because it's a professional environment, and you're playing against these teams, and you're playing in these stadiums doesn't mean that you're going to be covered, you know. So, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully people now um, kind of get a better understanding of their covered and what they're covered for and when they play the next time, they, they'll, they'll know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely need to um, get the awareness out and I think you've done a great job in doing that by going public. A lot of people will have picked up on that. The story was covered by the Independent as well, so it's been definitely put out there. Um so what's the plan for your footballing career now? Are you going to go back, do this surgery, and then the start of next season look for a new club, or do you have a club in mind? Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, it's miles down, miles down the road for me. Like, as I said, um, it, it's tough to come back from these injuries. Um, the one I had was probably as bad as it comes for a knee. So um, I think if we start worrying about where I'm going to be playing, what team I'm going to be playing for, um, it'll probably drive me mad like you know I just miss kicking the ball and um, the small things like even kicking the ball around my brothers and stuff like that and just having a kick about so for me now the main the main thing to do is um, set small targets uh, keep hitting those targets and I know if we can set small targets and keep hitting them that hopefully um, I can uh, I can get back playing at the level I was at which is which is what I'd love to do and as I said, it's it's a long way away. So um, the support I've received over the last few weeks has really motivated me to to get back. And um, it'd be an amazing feeling if I did get back onto the onto the pitch at electricity league level. But um, I, it, my main thing is just get the surgery done. And then once I have that done, it gives me a fighting chance of doing that. And then I'll be up to myself hopefully um, if the all surgery all goes well. So um, 
yeah, as I said, you're looking at probably six to nine months rehab. So um, set small goals, uh, keep hitting those targets, and then hopefully they lead me then back to where I was. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just really looking forward to at this stage getting getting the surgery done and then start my rehab. Yeah, I think it'll be great now in two years' time to see you back playing a match at a competitive level. I'd say it'd be a nice a nice goal, but obviously the little targets in the way are going to keep hitting them and you'll get there in the end. So what kind of advice would you have for players who might be in your position now at the moment but are afraid to speak out? Because I'm sure you're not the only person that was in this position, being left stranded by a club. Yeah, and uh, and I've had players contact me from even other countries over the last few weeks, which has been great. Um, that find themselves in similar enough positions. Um, but again, like it's not something that I really wanted to do at all. You know, I didn't want to take to Twitter and tweet up looking for help. And you know, can anyone help me out here? Um, you know, but again, um, the support I've received, as I said, has been amazing. And just um, if there is anything, whether it be injury or anything mentally. Um, the best thing that you really can do is uh, just seek advice and seek help from people because in my case, you know, people really want to help and uh, I wouldn't be um, mentally um, stronger over the last few weeks if we didn't do that. So it's helped me a lot and uh, I think the main thing I can take from it is that if you do need help, don't be afraid to ask for it. Um, um, ask for help and, and people are, are willing to help you, you know. Yeah, no, definitely agree with you there. There's a lot of people out there, I'd say, are struggling, especially with other things as well. It doesn't just go for injuries, but everything that yeah around football yeah, no, and mental health. Definitely, and, and and it does, and it does happen. And sometimes we think, um, sometimes we bury stuff down, and we think we're um, as people, we think we're probably able to deal with everything ourselves. But you know, in reality, that's not the case. And there's absolutely no shame. And if you need a hand with something, or if you're struggling with something to uh, speak to someone and, and uh, seek advice on it because again uh, we're all we're all human and it's, uh, it, it can really benefit you so um, yeah that's the one thing I've learned from it if you're, if you're looking for help don't be afraid to ask for it and that's the interview there with Sean Russell I'd just like to take a second now to thank Sean for his time for coming on the podcast and I really hope what he had to say will be beneficial and will have a positive impact on a lot of players out there that might be struggling with this kind of stuff since we've had the interview I've been talking to the AUL and they've confirmed to me that from next season every team will have to have player insurance they've done a deal with an insurance broker and every player will have a level of care and every team will have a duty of care to their player through that insurance. So well done to the AUL getting on board and getting the insurance set up. So it's great to see that even if you're playing for an AUL side, you're covered. And it's mental to think that a couple of years ago or last year that you weren't covered playing at League of Ireland level. It just baffles me and it's it's just unthinkable that if you can play for the likes of, say, Crumlin or Bluebell or Moctis and you go out and you get injured and you're covered, but you go play for Limerick and you're just not. Also, it was the same case with the LSL. They had the insurance in place for a couple of years that players are covered, that when you pay your player reg at the start of the year, your players are covered then for the season. And that's just brilliant because that's what we need. And I think we need the UCFL to step up and take that on board and have that there next season and focus on the players because at the end of the day, 
it's the players you need to look after. Without the players, you won't have the teams. Without the teams, you won't have the league. But that works both ways as well. So I really hope the UCFL can get together now and try and sort something out for next season to have mandatory player covering for every single team, regardless of your your level or how long you're starting, how long the team's running. From the start, the insurance has to be right for every player because it's just not worth it for amateur players to go out and get injured and you're risking your livelihood, you're risking like, your mental health, you could be risking friendships, you could be risking family. It's just not worth it at this level. So any amateur player out there, if you're signing for a big club, check out your insurance. You're completely within your right to ask that question. And if anybody has an issue with you asking that question, maybe you shouldn't be at that club. Clubs as well need to have a duty of care to the players. And it's just as simple as that, lads. We just need to work and get it all sorted. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, you can add us on Twitter at Mixer Podcast. And again, on Instagram at Mixer Podcast. If you want to come on and have a chat with us, get in touch. It's no problem. We'll be loving to hear from you. And until next time, lads, all the best.